On this episode of the Autumn Windbags, we talk about Derek Carr waxing poetic about the Rich Passaccia days. Mark Davis is giving Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler very long leashes, a bunch of Raiders news and highlights. And what would you do if you could be Jimmy G for 24 hours? And we love when you subscribe, rate, and comment on whatever platform you're listening on. All right, here we go. I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into nightmares. There it is! Caught! Touchdown! Raiders! You're listening to the Autumn Windbags, an audio attack from the Silver and Black. Here are your windbags, RJ Clifford and Juan Soto. Yeah, it is another episode of the Autumn Windbags. RJ Clifford, Juan Soto. Let's have some fun today. Um, we didn't go live yesterday. It was my anniversary, eight years with the old lady. And it was worth it. My presence, she got me two Raiders towels because she's sick of me going to the gym using like nice bathroom hand towels as my gym towel. So she got me not one, but two giant Raiders towels that are terrible material. They don't absorb shit. But I love them anyway, just like my Raiders. Like they don't give get, me joy, but I love them no matter who they are. If whenever you feel that the cheap paint crack, crackling and yeah. hitting your taint, oh, go Raiders! <laughs> I just think of like you know getting a third for Darren Waller. It's like yeah, this feels about the same. Oh it's man, it's hard to look like third was pretty good. <laughs> third had to be done. Um, you just gave blood. You're a hero. Try to get the energy yeah. up. Your best. I'm trying, man. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm telling you, you gotta you gotta crack open a beer the second you give blood. You're just like it's I had like to go back to high work, school over again. Dude. So just say you're just say you're dizzy from giving blood and yeah, beer. So I was supposed to give blood yesterday, and my appointment was at three o'clock. And they're like, "Okay, you can't eat or drink anything for twelve hours." And I'm like, "Fuck! Mm. Well, I'm not gonna get up at two a.m. to eat." So I didn't eat anything since the night before. Finally, I'm like cranky and like headachey, whatever. I go to the the, the place to give blood. And they're like, oh, well, one of the tests that you, you're running, you have to be here before 9 a.m. I'm like, well, why the hell did you give me a freaking 3 p.m. fucking time then? Yeah. So, all right. I went and got some food and went back to work. And then now, today, I had to go in early, and I did. And I went back to work, and it was super busy. And I didn't get to, like, really take a lunch or go to lunch till like, 2.30. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it right now, man. You it's know, like I'm, a I'm lie busy. detector serum. You know what I mean? Like a truth serum. It's yeah. all loopy. You're getting the truth today. Right? We'll get it out of you. Uh, well, question of the day. Put it down pinned in the comment section. Curious what you guys think. If you were Jimmy Garoppolo for 24 hours, what would you do? Would you still give blood soda? Uh, I'd give some specimen. <laughs> you, you'd, be get, you'd be diving out fluids somewhere. Jimmy's someone fluids. Would get, someone would get a sample, all right? <laughs> <laughs> It took freaking like seven little tubes out, man. I'm like, God damn, what do you need? What are you running? You know what I would do if I was Jimmy G for 24 hours? I would go. Two chicks, man. Two chicks, same time. What movie is that from? Um, I would go find out if adamantium is real and have it implanted on all my bones so I can't get hurt. I would get PRP injections in every joint in my body. I would okay. take growth hormone by the bucket full to try to strengthen all my ligaments and tendons. You know, like in um, in high school wrestling, like you get a lot of, like some people just get bloody noses really easily. You could cauterize the inside of your nose. My brother did that. He would just step on the wrestling man, his nose would start bleeding. I would even do that. Every single preemptive measure you can take to make Jimmy Garoppolo not be a Fabergé egg and make it through 17 games next season. That's what I would do. Every mm. single steroid, every single, like, I'd buy every brace you can wear, every single thing, every preemptive strike possible to make sure Jimmy G doesn't break. I, I think I know what I'd do. I'd probably comb my hair. Just for 24 straight just sit, hours? sit in front of the mirror and comb my hair. <laughs> I haven't combed my hair in about 18 years. Wow. You're like, you're like Homer when he has that dream as a hippie. He's like, Homer. How do you get your hair so robust and beautiful? Shampoo, conditioner, and repeat. Always repeat. He's just like brushing his like. When he had that tonic, he got that freaking bowl haircut. Yeah. Helmet haircut. 
Question of the day. If you were Jimmy G for 24 hours, what would you do? It really is telling when you're like just a guy quarterback that like Raider Nation isn't excited about. You're like, okay, that guy lives a life that the 1% of the 1% of the 1% of the world could only dream about. Yep. On that note, uh, Austin Hooper went on the volume, one of the uh, podcasts over there, and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. And how well he does with the ladies was a topic of discussion. Here's what he had to say. Take a listen. I was with him in Nashville. We're just hanging out, having a drink, right? And that was the only time I've ever seen women actually get into a physical altercation over who's going to talk to Jimmy. And the whole time, like, we were just sitting, having a conversation. Both of them were coming up, being a little thirsty. And Jimmy just being good. Dude. Oh, hey, you know, hey, good, good to meet you, whatever. And it's like, no, I don't want to talk to Jimmy. No, I want to talk to Jimmy. And then we look over and just a whirlwind of nails, extensions flying. And me, I was like, oh, my God, like, is this real life? And you can tell, like, this wasn't Jimmy's first rodeo because it was just calm just takes a sip it's good to see you guys just on to the next play and then they're like where's jimmy where's jimmy and you see jimmy just sneaking the cab i was just like that's a quarterback right there so first off i don't know if jimmy garoppolo has the arm or the body to be a successful quarterback for the raiders but he's got the swagger for of one that's for effing Sure, that is quarterback mentality right there. Stepping over bitches that are fighting over you just because you're bored and want to go home and play Pac-Man. Bro, look, God bless him, but Kenny Stabler wasn't like the most physically gifted quarterback of all time. Mm -hmm. We heard of him freaking taking shots and dropping freaking offensive linemen the night before games and having a cigarette hanging out of his mouth while he's lacing up his freaking cleats. Mm -hmm. But he went out there on game day and he made shit happen, dude. Mm-hmm. You got to have that freaking low-hanging fruits, you know what I'm saying? You got to have those fucking big balls to go out there and just make it happen. Is so, it big balls, cool. though, when you're when he's, like, fending women off with a stick? Like, what feels like a quarterback to me is if a quarterback's, like, ugly but still pulling chicks. Because you're like, okay, this guy's confident. This guy's got game. You know what I mean? Like, those are the guys that impress me the most. They're guys with, like, just kind of average dudes, average jobs, average looks. but their wife or girlfriend's a nine. You're like, dude, that guy's. Uh, remember my old roommate, Ashley Colgy, or like lived mm-hmm. next door to us. Remember that playmate that he was banging for a while? Yeah, but Ashley had like a 20 pack, dude. But still, like he was living like he was living next door to me. So he wasn't living anywhere special. He was just a whatever job working at like a pizzeria. Like, yeah, he was like, right? he was buff. But like playmates, she was on the Bro, cover no. of Playboy. He, no, he, it wasn't that he was buff. He was buff and ripped. He's a professional, like he's like an amateur bodybuilder. Like he does competitions. Like he competes. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like he was but just a guy that went to the still, dude. No, I get it. I understand. But like, if you're gonna be a regular dude, you have to be like uh, that caliber of regular dude. You gotta have to playmate. It's 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 the confidence in game that yeah. made me think. All right. This and dude, that's what I'm talking about, the fucking big nuts. Just like, whatever, man, I don't give a shit about these bitches. I'm out. Yeah. But that, but that's the thing is, though, like, Garoppolo's constantly fending him off with a whip. It's not like, like, that he's to me is, like, not him off. He's just like, eh, I'm out. It was one thing. He's like, ladies, please, please don't. Oh, I'll fuck you both. He's just like, man, I'm fucking tired of this shit. I'm out of here. He fucking, these bitches are still pulling each other's fucking fake eyelashes out. Yeah. And he's already in a cab fucking dipping because he got what he should What he should do, house. if he was a real leader... He'd be like, all right, bitches, um, you have to suck off Colton Miller. You have to suck off Andre James. You're like a six. You get bars. You have to blow bars. And then after you do that, take a number and you can have sex with me. That's 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 the quarterback leader I want. Uh, okay, I can see that. You know what I mean, because it's like when you when you're constantly getting hit on by chicks, it's like, right, he, he still handled it pretty, pretty gangster. It's like, all right, later, guys. All right. Like <laughs> stepping over the bitches to get it's out like of there. The fucking uh, that SpongeBob meme. All right, I'm gonna head out. <laughs> <laughs> the other, the other half of this story. I feel like Austin Hooper is gonna be this season's go-to guy to like leak the stories because he's already he's not even in the locker room yet, right? He's just going off of like when he saw Jimmy in Nashville, and he's already got like Garoppolo stories for us. Like, I, I. You know, all the beat writers saw that and they're like, oh, I got to make friends with Austin. 
because I want to get I want to get the stories. And Austin's like not loose lipped in a bad way. No, he's gonna tell know? badass stories. Yeah, just like good. Like give me some, like give me some cool stories, man. Like let me know what this team's really like. Yeah, for sure, dude. I need that. I need that. I need that in my life. It was like Richie yeah. Incognito for a while. Um, uh, Jalen Richard, remember? Um, Denzel Perryman. Yeah, Denzel Perryman. Like those are the guys with story. Like they're all gone now. So now who's going to be our storyteller? Looks like Austin Hooper. He tells like a Hooper's good story too. Leader in the clubhouse, right? He, he tells it like he gets up. He does the yeah. motions and shit. Yeah, yeah. All right. Get you involved. Get you emotionally involved. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he doesn't, again, these are two players that like maybe they can produce for us. Maybe they can't. At least they can produce some great stories. You know what I mean? Word. In the event this season doesn't go the way we want, we got to cling on to something. And I'm, I get some great stories out of these these two guys. Hopefully. So that's the new quarterback. Uh, the old quarterback did a sit down with the family. The cars interviewed cars. That should be the name of the uh, doing interviews in cars. Derek Carr was on the Harvester podcast and um, talked about a bunch of shit. Most of it, not really that big of a deal. But one of the ones that really stuck with me was he was talking about kind of like we've talked about all the time, that magic that was the end two seasons ago when Raiders were on that four game win streak, made to the playoffs beating teams that were so much more talented than us, but just so something was there. Something was in the water in Las Vegas that made this team overcome losing Gruden tragedy with rugs, new interim coach, all this crazy shit. Right. And, uh, Garrett Carr addressed that. That's what we had to say. That year when coach Passaccia took over. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never been on a team with so much love for one another. I've never been on a team that fought for each other like that. I've never been on a team where there was so much unity and, you know, there was a great function there, you know? And for me, I think my greatest memory was at that moment, we had a decision to make and our team decided that we weren't going to give in, you know, um, when Rich took over and we decided that now we're going to make something out of this. And it didn't end in a Super Bowl, but we did go to the playoffs for the second time, you know, my career there and for the second time and 30 years there, you know, and, um, you know, to be a part of that uh, team um, is something that's special to me. So of all that, so the, the question was, and, you know, the nine years, you know, all the records at the Raiders and, you know, a bunch of lows, a couple of highs, like what's your greatest memory? And that was his, was that last run and, and playing for Basaccia and coming together like that team did. It was interesting of all the things that he brought up, that that's the number one thing that came to his mind. Well, yeah, I mean, it was such a rough season and going in there and he actually got to play in that playoff game. So, yeah, yeah, I can see that, you know, you can see that it's it does bring into perspective uh, how special that season was, not just that and that team, that circumstance. And um, yeah, man, it's just it's it's hard to keep that going multiple seasons in a row. Because the, the, there's 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 turnover every single year, mm-hmm. and and there's never going to be that group of guys. And I said it I said it after the season was over. We did the post game show. It just sucks that this that this team the way it is right now is never going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Even if you put majority of the same players back in, the circumstances are different. Their head spaces are different. Maybe their motivations are a little bit different. It's never it's not going to be like it was here. Um, yeah, it's it's it was un, it was improbable an improbable run, but it happened, and uh, yeah, I can see how a super magic moment. It's one of those things where it's like you want to find a way to replicate it, right? Because we talk about it all the time that like you know you have to have good players, you have to have good coaches. Um, a bad locker room can tear all that apart, and a great locker room can build up bad teams, bad coaches, right? But it's like, how do you replicate that when it was forged out of tragedy, right? It was like the cauldron that was that season. Everything that could go wrong could go wrong. And, you know, we we play the what if, like what if we would have kept Rich Passaccia last year? What if, what if, what if, what if, who knows? I don't think there's a single person on planet Earth that was better better equipped to take over that team at that moment than Passaccia because he was a guy that just like loved guys into playing well. Not brilliant X's and O's dude, not... You know, a guy that's, you know, has a history of like long sustained rosters. Like, but if you want to like get a group of men to come together for a cause, Richie B, baby. Like, you, I could not have thought of a better guy. After, like, yeah, in hindsight, it seems like the perfect guy. 
for sure. He turned out to be the perfect guy for that situation at that time. Um, you know, that's the thing is, is most of the time you see these types of teams just crumble and collapse. Mm. And, 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 and this team did it. They had strong leadership in certain spots and it kind of carried us through. And, uh, you know, that's no, in no short, um, small part to, of Basachi's leadership. You also had a lot of overtime wins that they had. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. things, last second wins. I mean, there's a lot of things that went into that. And, and and I was talking, we were talking about this earlier. The way that you replicate this type of special team is by by having more stake. Like when this team was like mostly sizzle and and and, and some stake. Like we mm. played over our heads off of our ass, right? Um, but you gotta be better, be, better talent good leadership and you can have this multiple years in a row. And that's what the good teams do. They have good talent and they have good leadership. So how do you, how do we replicate that? Get better talent and have good leadership. And that was part of um, at least my optimism with Josh McDaniels coming in was like, okay, the X's and O's he's proven as an offensive coordinator under the Pats to be amazing, right? Such with the Rams, such as a head coach. But the part that he seemed to struggle with when you talk to the former Broncos players 10 years ago was he didn't know how to manage a locker room, didn't know how to handle men. Like that was related to the players. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was the big kind of like that was his big failure his first time around. And you're like, okay, what a perfect locker room for that. We've got a great locker room. Everyone loves each other. They're playing for each other. They've overcome tragedy. Obviously, you want your head coach to be able to do that, right? You want a head coach to be great at everything. You, but if there was one facet where you're like, okay, if our head coach can't be a 10 out of 10 at something, keeping a locker room together, okay, I could I could live with that. It didn't happen. The locker room still, by all accounts, kind of fell apart in certain ways. Um, we can talk all day long about who we blame, but what happened that, that last season? Huh? I don't know that there is blame. You don't I don't know that there has to be blame, you know. It it it, it just is what it is, you know. You have people that are that are used to getting maybe a certain certain slack and leeway that you know not only were they not given that but nobody was given that yeah and, and some people can handle it and some people can't man you know yeah. um, so I, I don't want to say blame it's, I don't say there's anyone's fault it's just the way it is and you know he's come from and we don't, we can talk about Bill Belichick all we want but. Joshua Daniels' dad was the same way. He was that hard-ass coach too. So that's he learned that throughout his entire career, going up uh, from his dad and also from Bill Belichick too. So, um, I mean, I've only really heard one guy that wants him out of the NFL, Brandon Marshall. I'm not saying he's a good coach or a great coach or a guy that we need to keep for long term. Uh, he still has a lot to prove, a whole lot. Uh, but I, I hear a lot more people saying good things about him. Yeah. Well, whatever was making that locker room, what special, um, isn't there no more. And we can, I think it's certainly the circumstances of two seasons ago that fostered it obviously can't be replicated unless we, you know, unless there's some emails that Josh uh, McDaniels, yeah, gets. <laughs> some emails and shit. I don't, don't want to, he would get quite the, 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 be the, quite the big story as Gruden was. Yeah. Like, I don't want any of our receivers, like, driving too yeah, fast i don't want emails coming out there. you know what i mean it's like it's not something you can replicate you know what i mean it's like all right what was the equation two seasons ago let's do that again it's like no um yeah you whatever won, it was what? like how many how many overtime games did we win that year all of them we were, yeah it was we like four or five or something yeah. like that and it's, it's just it's a lot of things fell into place man and you have to have the people in place to do it but the other team gets paid too, so I mean, yeah. they have they have players to, to 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 make plays too. So yeah, it's just it's a lot. There's a lot. It was a lot, and, and we'll and we'll get further into that with Mark Davis. Yes, let's. Uh, so the ownership meeting, uh, you know, the owners' meetings are going down in uh, Arizona, and all the coaches are there, the owners are there, GMs, scouts, personnel, all kinds of people, right? And they're, you know, the owners are doing their um, rules meetings and other stuff, counting their billions of dollars that they're sitting on, their bags of gold bullion that they're using as carry-on on their private jets. But one of the other cool things is that when everyone's under one roof for anything, you get a lot of interviews. And so Mark Davis has done an interview, Dave Zeeler's done an interview, Josh McDowell's done interviews. 
the Mark Davis one, um, I'm pulling from the athletic and I thoroughly enjoy the athletic. Um, you prefer Las Vegas Review Journal or ESPN or someone else that's on you. I think Vic Tafer does a fantastic job over there. Um, and they spent half the interview talking about the Las Vegas Aces. That was weird. <laughs> kind of weird. But it's like, I all right, the, I'm on my phone. I'm just like, scroll, scroll, Aces, yeah, scroll, like aces, scroll. Aces, Aces, Aces. I guess if you're trying to butter up Mark Davis for some answers, you talk about your championship winning WNBA team. You know what, what I mean? What he's doing. Try to get him buttered up a little bit. Like, if you want to get me excited, like you talk about like Sierra Nevada beer, you're like, hey, RJ, want to talk about beer? Yeah, sure. Okay. And then I'll tell you all my deep dart secrets 15 minutes later with Mark Davis. The aces. So uh, they finally made the move or uh, finally transitioned to talking about the, the Raiders and was asked about, you know, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels first year. Didn't go as anyone hoped, right? 10 win season, very disappointing season following. Um, what was your reaction to the season? You have to go back to how Josh and Dave became part of the Raider organization. I had hired John Gruden for 10 years. That was a stability. I was looking for him. I knew John and I believed in him and gave him the contracts. I gave him the opportunity to build this in his image the way he wanted to. We were only three and a half years. We were only in for three and a half years and he had to go. So now I went out and hired somebody else. And everybody that comes in thinks that they can see from the outside what this team is. And they look at the film and they say, okay, we can do it. Until you get here and work with the people that's in it, you don't really know who they are. So I personally feel that they were going to take a year to really understand who they were working with and everything like that. And then they would make decisions that would work towards the future. They did make a huge move when they first got here for Devontae Adams. So that took away their draft last year. The third round draft pick was the first we had. So coming in this year, it's a different story. They came in without a quarterback, basically, after they made the decision on Derek Carr. They decided on hiring, hiring Jimmy Garoppolo as our quarterback, and that's how they want to go into this season. They have 12 draft picks. Funny how he says they and not we. Like, you and I say we. And it's his team. And he's like they. But I guess it's in the context. Well, he's talking, talking about, about Dave and, uh, and, and in, the, in the context what are you talking about. Yeah. And we'll see what they do. It's up to Dave Ziegler, really, who's a general manager now, to start putting together a roster and really putting this team together for the future. For me, I hire people. One thing I know is what I don't know. I hire people that do know those things. I let them do their job. I give them vision and goals and let the results speak for themselves. A lot to unpack there, Soda. What's the first thing, first takeaway you have? I think Mark Davis is a lot more aware of himself than people think. Um, uh, the, but the biggest thing is like as a fashion icon. Yeah. <laughs> I think the biggest thing is, um, the not knowing what you have, like you, cause you could think, you know, what you have in a team from afar, but uh-huh. you don't really know until you come in here and you work with it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how you take that. I take that as, you know, as kind of what we talked about with the Rich Passaccia season mm-hmm. is it was very fluky. Um, they did win those games, but if you take a deeper look at it, um, it was a lot of sizzle, not a lot of stake, you know, a lot of fortunate wins, last minute overtime wins, stuff like that, that normally isn't replicated year after year after year. Uh, and um, we, we saw the, the, the lack of talent on, on, on the defensive side and how that hurt us um, in both seasons. So, I mean, he's, I took it as his kind of saying like, yeah, maybe some people thought that we were better than we were uh, because of where we finished. I think that's the truth, but that's definitely a pivot. Like I take this thing that he said, personally, I felt that they were going to take a year to really understand who they were working with and everything like that. And then they would make decisions that work towards the future. Yeah, that, like I said, like I mean, you, you, they they couldn't go in there and blow it up. That's not what Mark said before the season. Mark said, "We're going to keep winning. We're going to the playoffs. We're going to win championships." This whole like, oh, I knew that they were going to need a year. No, you didn't. That's not what you said at all. You were gung ho. Hey, this is a roster that's built for winning now. Get Devonte Adams. Get Chandler Jones. Let's start. Let's let's keep this momentum going. Mm-hmm. So. I, again, I mean, but what, I think what, he's what, correct in what that. going to say that though? He's saying it right now. After I mean, the fact, I mean, that's what I mean, I'm saying. If he feels that at the time, what owner is going to say that going into a season, coming off? I mean, like everyone had he's to be saying on it going into this season. Back. I mean, I understand, but no, no, no. Going into last season, you had to be like, oh, we're we won last year, and and we're going to continue winning this year. Of course, you have to run it back to see if you can recapture that, like you said. Mm-hmm. 
you have to you have to do that. You're also you know you got to be optimistic. My point being, the overall gist I got from this interview, not just this one quote, but I think like a big good chunk of the non WNBA discussion of this interview was that Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler have very long leashes. I think even longer than maybe you even want. It, I'm getting definitely getting the vibe where they could have another six win season and Mark Davis is going to run it back. Same crew, same guys, mm-hmm. no major changes. That's the vibe I'm getting. Now, again, if we're one in five and Mark Davis is hearing some shit, he can change. But this tune is very different than last season. This tune, and, and Josh McDaniels gave kind of a similar vibe as well. We'll get to Josh McDaniels in a little bit, kind of like, hey, we need to build something. It takes time. And at first, and he's been saying that for a month. At first, I was like, okay, that's Ziegler, or uh, that's Josh McDaniels saying things that you want to kind of give yourself an opportunity for another not great season, still keep your job. Mm-hmm. When the boss is saying it, that means it's coming on high. That means Josh McDaniels is just kind of echoing, I feel like, well, what Mark Davis is saying. Take your time, build for the future. You want everyone on the, on the same page, man. We talked about that. Ziegler talked about that. That's the way you win in the NFL is you have everybody on the same page. And if I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm not saying that this is the way it is or the way it isn't, okay? Mm-hmm. But if you go in as an a talent evaluator, which is basically what a GM is, a talent evaluator, and you go in as a coach, and you go in and you and you talk to the head coach and you said, look, this is where we are now. This is where some of these contracts that the old regime left us, that we still have a huge dead cap hit. This is where we are now. This is the talent that we have now. This is how you want to win in the future. That's why we're doing a lot of one-year contracts because what we're doing with those one-year contracts is we're basically we're replacing rookies that aren't on our on, that are supposed to be on a rookie deal contributing mm-hmm. to this team. We're paying for them by getting one-year players instead of paying less than what we would pay a, one, a, a one-year contract guy uh, to pay a rookie on a rookie deal. We're having to do that. We're having to build a roster with one-year guys because our rookies aren't building the depth of that roster, right? The guys in the rookie contracts. Mm-hmm. So if he's saying, look, look at the talent that we have, we need to build the right way. I mean, it's going to take some time. I was talking, we were talking about this earlier, the, the huge mistake that was made, however you feel about Reggie McKenzie, however you feel about Jack Del Rio, however you feel, however you feel about those guys. Okay. I don't know that, that Mark Davis was looking to get rid of him. I think that, it just so happened that John Green wanted to coach again because yep. two years before that McKenzie got executive of the year. And, you know, we talked about drafting, not being an exact science, you know, it goes in waves, but he was given a fucking grease fire of a franchise, even worse dead caps to shit that we have. Now he was, he spent a couple of years to deconstruct that, that, uh, that roster and start building it back up. And um, I think that was the huge mistake. And I think that he actually, he learned from that mistake, you know, yeah. where he, 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 just because he saw that shining star, that, that shining, you know, that shiny coin in, in, in John Gruden, he got rid of two guys that were, you know, still in football, you know, I mean, Jack Del Rio is a, a, a successful defensive coordinator. You know, his, his defenses in, in Washington are pretty good. Uh, and you know, you look at Reggie McKenzie is a senior executive, um, personnel executive with Miami. Miami's got a fucking kick-ass roster, dude. Like he's basically an assistant GM over there. So, I mean, these guys are still in the league. They're still doing well. It's like, you know, you, you could have had that stability, that plan and you, you had to pivot and it took a year, not even a year, it took an off season for Gruden to break up. You take to, to trade away two of your best three players and then waste those picks, right? Yeah. So without that, I mean, what would have happened with this team? How would this team be constructed differently? They could still be here. Well, look, continuity. It just sounds like Mark Davis is hoping for continuity, right? John Gruden tenure deal. He's giving a very long leash to the McZiegler, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what you do when you know you've got the right guy, right? Like I, I play a lot of poker, right? And I'll. I'll sit at a poker table and I'll lose two, three, four buy-ins, but I have the, you know, I'm not a brilliant poker player, but I have the self-awareness to be like, all right, am I getting outplayed or the car's not landing? Right. Am I going all in with the better hands and I get rivered or am I getting outplayed? And that's why I'm losing. Right. Multiple times I've lost like four buy-ins in a row. I'm like, this table's terrible. 
I'll rebuy in and I'll get it all back. Right. It's like continuity. If you're at the right table, you stay there. Right. If you're at a bad table, you bounce. I don't know if Josh McDowell's is that table. Like you look again, we talked about how Josh McDowell's and Dave Ziegler came into a situation with for first year head coaches. You just don't get better situations than that. Maybe it's not as great as maybe on the surface, still much better than most head coaches get in their first time. Right. Like, Doug Peterson in Jacksonville last season, worst situation, went to the playoffs. Brian Dable in, in with the Giants, worst situation, went to the playoffs. Like Kevin O'Connell, good season. Mike McDaniel in, in, in Miami, good season. Like these are all first-year coaches that on paper had worse situations and had good seasons. So I'm not so quick to be like, well, you know, he's got some bad John Gruden regime shit to deal with. It's like, yeah, but other guys did it. Other first-year coaches did more with worse. When you say more with worse, I don't necessarily agree with that. These teams have a talent. They were they had more talent on both sides of the ball. They didn't really. They didn't. Let's say they didn't have the top-end talent, the same name value that we had top-end wise. Like I don't see that each in any one of those teams having a Devonte Adams or or a Max Crosby, but they had more talented distributed throughout the roster. There's some of that. Sure. I'm not, I mean, I'm not, and, and I'm, again, I think and it's again, that night day difference. I think, I think our team played well beneath their talent last season as well. And just played like they played well before. above it the year before. Sure. And then, so and it, then, and now they're playing it, it worse, out, where it I think these out. other head coaches got the most out of who they had, you know, like what dabble did in New York, like, dude, like turning that team around again, not saying Josh McDaniel should be fired. I'm saying this really, really long leash that Mark Davis is clearly giving them. I hope it doesn't break and whip back and take our eye out because other and other other coaches have been able to succeed right away. Yeah, and that's not normally the case. But also, you just named five guys this. who did last season. Okay, and I'm saying it's not normally the case. Okay. It happens. It happens. Fine, but it's not normally the case. But it's also just words. Mm. Just like last week was freaking Mayock with Waller. It's just words, man. It's how he feels. doesn't mean it's a, the actual thing. It doesn't mean it's true. Same thing here. It's an interview that he's giving, and he wants to be, be, he wants to be supportive. Okay. But support only so goes you, so, so far. You don't, think, you don't think Mark Davis is going to give him that long of a leash? I think that Mark Davis wants to give him that long of a leash. But like I said last week, when you said, "Okay, when would you when would you cut bait on these guys?" Like I said, by the by the bye week, if we're not competitive, maybe mm -hmm. we're losing, we're five hundred, maybe a, a game below five hundred, but we're competitive. We're in game. You're seeing that they're being competitive. I see that being okay. But if we're one in five and we're getting blown out, yeah, I see them making a change because things change for the circumstances. Uh, so along the same lines, again, another. Uh, interview from the athletic this time with Josh McDaniels. They were busy, bro. They're, I mean, they're, they're, they're at the owners area, man. They're getting to work. Good for them. Get on that one. I mean, that's what they're paid to do. So get your shit together, boys. Um, this is Josh McDaniels. We're always going to try to win. Good. We're always going to try to win, but we also understand that there is a long game too. The short game is you try to do everything you can with what you have to try to be as successful as possible, but at the same time, investing in your draft, investing in the development of players so that over the course of 10, 12, 15 years, you have great success. It echoes a lot of what Mark Davis said. I think there, I think this is, has been a conversation clearly between the head coach GM and owner about what the goals are. So whether like you, you think, okay, I don't think the leash is quite that long. It's just being supportive or. I think he on wants the same page. it to be that long. I think he wants it to be that long. Well, then, then it's not a long leash if he's doing well. You know what I mean? Like a long leash only applies if he's like has another bad season and gets a third. Like that's a long leash. If, Again, if they start turning things around next season, season yeah, it's, a, but, it's not a leash. It's your, your your results speak for yourself. But RJ, circumstances change, right? Like if if we're just getting blown out every game, yeah, where's the improvement here? I well, get it. Time out. It was Rory who said, when do you cut bait? Asking for a hard answer. I, I'm not asking for a hard because I'm with you. I'm asking for a hard answer. I'm not saying they have to be at week nine, uh, five and three. Like, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% with you. Like, context matters. Like, you know, if yeah, 
if Crosby goes down in you know week two, Jeez, why you we put lose, that out there? right? We, and we lose like three two point games. Like okay, that context matters. If um if we start out really rough, but we're gaining momentum, right? Like we're, we're we play better every single week. Like we're three and six, but we're playing better every single week, and we're starting to build to something. Okay. Right. Like I'm with you. I'm not looking. I don't want a hard number either because the context is really important, but I just, I just, Josh McDaniels has not earned the benefit of the doubt. He has done nothing to earn the benefit of the doubt is all I'm saying. And when your entire, and when Mark Davis, entire philosophy for keeping his coach is, well, I want continuity. Like that's your only thing that you you're happy about your coach with is that you don't want to, you don't want the pain of changing. That's not a high. It's not a high. I don't compliment. think that's what he's saying, dude. I think he's saying that he's giving them a chance because he wants continuity. Mm-hmm. If we go out there and we're getting the shit kicked out of us every single week, but fuck continuity. Your coaches are showing you that they're not capable. Mm-hmm. So why would you keep someone that trumps everything else? Yeah. So, yeah, I get what you're saying, but it doesn't have to be exclusively that. Speaking of continuity, Dave Ziegler, like he's pretty tight-lipped like he almost he says like nothing he's a pro bro most of the time, which, which you kind of need for your you know you kind of need out of your gm you know like mayock because he had a decade of like tv under his belt like he was good about giving you a sound bite keeping people happy without showing your cards you know uh ziegler doesn't give a shit he's just like i'm just gonna talk around i'm just gonna talk in circles forever yeah but he did say something that we've been talking about for almost two full seasons now Constituity at line. The question you mentioned at the scene again, the athletic you mentioned at the senior bowl, the offensive lines position group you need to address, but you have it <laughs> in free agency. You've re-signed players, Brandon Parker, Jermaine Illuminor, Rasu Muti, all those guys, no outside additions. And what did Ziegler say? I think there's a lot of value in the offensive line in you guessed it. Continuity. continuity. There's a tremendous amount of value in there because it is kind of a synchronized group. Ultimately, we have three guys that are coming back that were starters for us last year. Colton Miller, Dylan Parnum, Andre James. And then we brought back Jermaine and Brandon have Munford back. I think there's a lot of value in that. I think there's other opportunities to continue to improve that position, which continue to do it in free agency. And obviously, we're going to have the draft coming up to continue that. Yada, yada, yada. So we've been saying this for a while. Again, I have to find that stat. I have to find that stat somewhere where it was like, 10 times that O-lines played every snap together, like eight of those teams went to the Super Bowl. It's in the last like 20 years. It's an insane number. It's a crazy number that if all five offensive linemen can play every snap together for a season, those teams go to the Super Bowl 80% of the time. It's it's something like, I don't know the exact number, but it's insane. They've read that stat too somewhere. And the good thing is here, that that's also a great excuse for not doing dog shit on the O-line because this was this is this is what worries me is because when he was asked the same question about the defense, it was talking in circles, coach speak. When he's asked that question about the offense, it was the right answer. Is the answer we've been talking about forever? Yeah, continuity is important. We're going to keep doing it. We're going to use our assets elsewhere. You have a plan. Like, there's a reason why you're making moves or not making moves at line. When you ask that same question about defense, you get talking circles, coach speak. I think it's the same thing, man. I think they're doing the same thing, but it's easier with the offensive line because there's less positions to fill. Mm. Um, like I said, they're signing these one-year guys to take place of those players that would have still been on rookie contracts. Yeah. So they're building, and then they, they, when they get more picks and they sign, you know, they sign guys to a longer contract or whatever, then they can kind of grow it. But like, th- I don't know that people appreciate how lacking talent our defense is yeah and even if a guy does really well on a one-year contract they're gonna go sign somewhere else for more money Mm -hmm. you know so that's that's the hard part of signing these guys but they're doing it for a reason they're not blowing a bunch of money on a player because that one player isn't going to make our defense a whole lot better right away and then they're gone after a couple years you know so or three years and we get one year of them with a good defense, you know? So, th- th- like I said before with, with what the Patriots do or they did is they don't get a high-priced fri- high- free agent defensively unless that guy's going to put them over the top 
like Matthew Judon. Same thing. They would have had a good defense without him, but putting him on that line off that edge puts them over the top. So that's when they went and got him. Normally, they would just build through the draft their defense, and that's what they're. That's what we're trying to do. The reason why we have so many short one year guys is because those guys are taking place of draft picks that busted from the previous regimes. It just feels like they're going all in on the offense and they're going full rebuild on defense. It's like, I said that I said that it's a reload offensively and a rebuild defensively because the, 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 the roster was so unbalanced, but it just feels weird because you're like, okay, we're building an offense to win now, but we're building a defense to win in two years. Seems like a weird allocation of resources. Like, why get Jacoby Myers? Why get Jimmy Garoppolo? Like, are you, you know what I'm saying? Like, are you? Well, just, you got Jacoby like, Myers to take place of Waller. Like, you have no choice well, but to rebuild Garoppolo because you didn't have a quarterback. You could draft one, or you, or you had Stidham. You know what I'm saying? Like well, again, but then you're you either have, rebuilding you completely, or you're not. If you're if you're rebuilding only half your team, then what's the point of like spending money on the offense if the defense you're like we're not planning on winning for another year or two. That's not. They didn't say they weren't planning on winning. They, They're they not saying they, it, but that's what they're doing. They said the exact opposite. We always want to win. So mm. what are they doing? They're giving themselves the best chance to win by strengthening their strength, but they can't strengthen that weakness in one in one off season. They have. It's going to take time because of the lack of depth. So what do you do? You you don't want to waste Devontae Adams' good years in his contract. You want to waste Josh Jacobs in the two years you can freaking franchise tag the guy. So you try to win offensively and get better defensively. But you either want to win or you don't, right? You're either like, okay, it's a rebuild year. We're going to try to win, but you know we're planning on winning in 2024. They're, they're banking on their offense carrying them. But by not addressing your defense at all, they are addressing the defense, RJ. Maybe no, not the not. way you. Maybe not they're the way you want them to be the addressed. Maybe not the special way. teams guys and being like, oh, he maybe he'll maybe he'll start for us at safety. He's been a special teams guy for four years. They're not addressing the defense. They're plugging. They're like throwing bodies at holes. You 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 cannot agree with their plan defensively, but you can't say they're not addressing it. We haven't even seen the draft yet. They're not addressing it in any. They're not addressing it in any way that leads to any confidence, right? Like they they got expensive guys for offense. Not nobody on defense because nobody they're trying defense. to win with their offense. They're trying to win offense offensively. But they're doing nothing on defense. Like you can't say they did nothing because the draft hasn't happened yet. You don't know do their judges, plan. All we can do is judge what's happening so far. And you, and if their plan is, oh, we're going to have like seven rookies start on the defense, and that's the solution, then that's a bad plan. It's like, tough. I said that last week. If you're banking on that, it happened twice last year. You get where, what I'm saying, though, right? Like, no, I understand what you're saying, but it's defense, like you're like, condemning like, their plan. You don't either know the entire the roster is. is in a rebuild, or the no, entire not, roster is in a win. That. Yes, you, you have to do that. No, you have that, to do you it that have way. Have to do that. If you're trying to win now, what what do you then? Why keep Devonte Adams? Then why keep Josh Jacobs? Why don't you just get you know do like why do that? You have players on your team that can help you win. If you have a high, we we saw it ourselves. Super Bowl winners, not playoff teams, none of that stuff. Super Bowl winners. You've shown if you have a good offense, you can have a middle-of-the-road defense. No, no, no. What it was was you had Hall of Fame coaches, Hall of Fame quarterbacks, which we have neither of. That's what won, that's what won Super Bowls. Hall of Fame coaches, Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and, oh, yeah, running backs that you don't pay more than $2 million to. <laughs> that was what the stats were. And we're doing opposite of all three. Like, okay, like, yeah, you're, you're, you're trying to improve the offense. Great. Cool. You're trying to improve the offense. Great. But you're just leaving the defense as just dead weight you're not addressing in any major way. Like what's the best defensive acquisition we made backup safeties. Like it's either the entire roster is like, all right, as a team, as a mindset, we're, we're rebuilding. We're still going to try to win. We're still going to do our best, but you know, let's, you, let's let these draft picks develop or let's try to win as we're, that's why we signed Garoppolo and why we signed Jacoby. And like, we, we try to make our offense better, but the defense is still left in the lurch. And again, you're right. Free agency isn't over yet. Still not the draft. But the plan is like we have a bunch of rookies carry this defense. It's, it's a full rebuild year, and you're and you're spending money on Myers and Garoppolo for no reason. I don't know necessarily that your way is the only way, RJ. You took a, you take you take a look at a, a roster that's so normally when you see rebuilds, like there's a lack of talent everywhere. You have maybe mm -hmm. one or two guys that are even like 
Pro Bowl caliber. And you know how I feel about the Pro Bowl, okay? We have more than that, especially offensively. So if you're if you're trying to win, you can still keep it going offensively. And you have to address that lack of talent defensively. You have to address it somehow. Mm-hmm. And, and you address it by drafting well. You know, you don't want to give up picks for players. You want to do the opposite. You want to get more picks. You want to get younger over there so you can fill those gaps with lesser money guys and not have to spend $2 million on a backup safety because you're paying them $800,000 for four years or three years. So it, it, it feels like we're getting to like a, re, like a Gruden repeat a little bit where like McDaniels cares so much about the offense. He wants his guys. He'll spend the money. And on defense, he's just like, figure it out, Patrick Graham. We'll, we'll see. We'll see when the draft comes. We'll yeah. see. Because uh, Gruden didn't give two shits about the defense. Yeah. At all. But the thing at is, all. what I don't want to have happen is I don't want us throwing a bunch of money at Kwiatkowski, at Littleton, at Joy. I don't want us throwing a bunch of money at these guys, at these type of players, and hopefully they, you know, that they, they, they turn out being something good. I would rather build so we have a good foundation of solid players. So when we do reach out for the top end guys, not just guys that we pay to be top end guys, but actually get top end guys for agent wise, then they're going to make a difference. But you don't have a problem spending money on Myers and Garoppolo. You needed that. You need defense too. You also need defense. We need look. You're not defensive you're not, players way more than we need pass here, catchers. RJ. We you do. We need we need defensive players way more than we need another pass catcher in Myers. Clearly, like look, you, we can all agree on that. Please tell yes. me we can agree on that. Okay. But the, here's the, here's the, here's the issue that we're, we're we're going into right now. If we're trying to win games right now, we have to do it offensively because our offense is better than a, a lot better than our defense. Okay, throwing a bunch of money at guys, you've seen how that works out. Okay, you're better off. Building the defense the way the offense was built with draft picks, with guys that you that you you get through the team, and then you get those one or two pieces. You got Jacoby Myers because you the were offense getting wasn't rid built of- that way. Devontae Adams was bought, Jimmy Garoppolo was bought, Myers was bought. Okay, all, you're all not the tight ends finish. were bought. You're not, you're not letting me finish. Okay. We needed to get Jacoby Myers because we were getting rid of Waller. He's basically taking Waller's place. Because okay. Waller was not a tight end, Waller was a slot receiver. He only lined up a tight end like 25% of the time. Okay. So he was a slot receiver. Okay? He, was a, he was a tight end, so we get, could pay him less. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we could pay him like a tight end. And we got Garoppolo because we needed a quarterback. We need every position on defense. Exactly. You, you, see, what you see what I'm saying? Like, but, but RJ, you, you're not gonna you're not gonna build a sustained success through free agency. You, you're not. You, I agree, but that's what they're doing on offense. You don't have a problem with because it. your offense is already good. And if you want to win, you have to win offensively. If you're this team, I, I think I disagree. I think McDaniel's wants his offense, and he's saying I don't care about defense. I don't think he, that's true at all. Out. I, I, I don't I, think that's true at all. Free agency certainly feels that way. We'll see. We'll see what happens during the draft and who they get and and where the mix is. Because if they drafted a bunch of wide receivers and running backs from the draft, then I agree with you. But I doubt they're going to do that. Well, so do we only have six running backs on our roster? I mean, that's a how many of them are on our roster, though? How many actually play? Britain, not Britain Brown was on the 53. Pay. He was not on the practice squad. He was on the team. All, all six. Okay. Let me ask you this. How many linebackers do we have? I don't know. Five? Like four. But the, 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 the backups, the backup linebackers and backup running backs, special team wise, are the same. Mm. So it's, it's just instead of having maybe you take one less running back away and put one more backup linebacker, they're still the same. It's the same thing. They're just special teams guys. It should have just been Jacobs, Jakobson, and either Bolden or Abdullah. Like that should have been it. That should have been it. Because no one else played like Zamir. How many carries did he have the entire season? 25 all season? Like it was, it was weird. The, the, the offensive roster is weird. It's like overloaded in weird ways, and the defense is underloaded drastically. Anyway, along those exact same lines, the big free agent signing this week, a wide receiver. (laughs) Whoopee! (laughs) Another pass catcher. 
Bria to Dwyer's be fair, he's a he's a returner. It's it's a it's a, a one year deal for two mil. I'm not blowing up about it. It's just, special teams it's just guy, yet, a returner. It's yet another, but you get what I'm saying. Like on paper, you're like, oh great, another receiver. DeAndre Carter signing one year deal, two point three seven five million. Um, it's always nice having a former Charger on the roster, right? Get a little bit of like, what were you guys doing? A little bit of a breakout season last season. He only started seven games, so again, another special teamer depth dude but 46 passes 538 yards three touchdowns uh one of those touchdowns was uh, a really good 25 yarder against us last season so mm-hmm. i think that's always a big part of it when a coach or a gm sees a player play against your team they mm-hmm. stick out a lot more because you actually see it in real time and you think oh we can do something here but that's really it this week i mean free agency Really, really slowed down as it normally does in week three of free agency, but that's really it. Alex Bars back up um, yeah. guard back on board. You're stoked about. Well, one but, thing that we you you, you glanced over is uh, Carter was second in the league in punt return average yards. Yeah, good punt return. So um, if you can be a good good player on special teams, and he's younger than Amir Abdullah, mm-hmm. and um, if you can do that for a cheap price and maybe not have Hunter do it because we he now has concussion uh, history, uh, I think it's a good thing. Um, and you offer maybe some in- injury insurance at wide receiver. That's always a good thing. If you can be multiple, if you can be... Uh, have, and and um, another speedster, like he's pretty quick and that's what this team really needed. And it's $2 million, like good signing. Like if he can yeah. do three different things, I mean, again, it's another depth dude backup, but for that price... Why not? For that price, good signing. Ready to do some web winbags? Yes, sir. Rockethead. Love it when I get Rockethead. All I have to do to forget about the fact Darren Waller was traded is listen to his terrible music. God damn. Have you heard his shit? It's bad, dude. Is it really bad? It's bad. It's like... I don't know how to describe it. When I follow him on Instagram and it's him rapping, I just scroll. Like I'm just kind of... I'm just scrolling. You still I follow just, him on just, social media? Nah. No? Yeah, I stopped too. Nah. It's too painful. You know what I mean? Not that. It's just cringe, dude. Yeah. It's just like, uh, it, it, like 90% of the shit that he posted was about music mm-hmm. or or more. Yeah. You know, I don't know, man. Maybe he's pumping up his music because he had an album coming out or a, a fucking a song coming out or something like that, but he didn't really post much about football. Reality check. This team will not be successful until the Davis family sells. This is a topic that comes up every few months and we touch on it every now and then. Um, the news this week, a little bit of the news is Mark Davis said that he like had a pretty good heart to heart with Derek Carr when he saw him. He said he mm-hmm. apologized to Carr for, you know, we talk about continuity. The only thing that's been consistent with the Raiders is Mark Davis, right? Bunch of head mm-hmm. coaches, quarterbacks. And he said that. He said that. GMs executives, presidents, and he's like, look, I've been the only consistent thing here. So um, at the end of the day, the guy on top gets all the credit, all the blame, whether that's true or not, right? Whether it's like his decision-making that made you successful or his decision-making that made you not successful, the buck stops there. I'm not going to go so far as to say it's impossible to be successful with Mark Davis as our owner, but... I think the results speak for themselves that he's not a craft or, you know, like some of these owners, like you can generally see how they run a business helps the team on the field, right? You can, you can, you can kind of see it, right? The Steelers have that. The Pats have that. The Chiefs have that. And you can see opposite, like with the Chargers, like constant clusterfuck. Like you have to assume that part of that is Spanos or not, not a part of it, a decent chunk of it. A big part of it. Is ownership, right? Like he's fumble fucking that franchise around, right? Mark Davis and name were near that bad, but we're not getting like, I hate it, admitting it, but like a Robert Kraft level of like, oh yeah, like it's trickling down how to run a good establishment. Yeah. I, again, I, I I go back to the whole Gruden year, the 2018, the the the, the 17 offseason heading into 18. Mm-hmm. I think he jumped the gun because he wanted Gruden for so long. Yeah. Um, and he jumped the gun and he maybe squashed something that had the chance of being a long-term success if he would have let it go. Mm-hmm. Because 
Reggie was coming into his own. Del Rio was coming into his own. The team was coming into their own. They had some issues that year that caused them. I don't. I mean, I don't think we've really gotten the full story of what happened that 17 season. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, he just got rid of it. everyone. Was gone. You know, and then Gruden, and Gruden came in here and he undid everything that that franchise did. So I mean, I think that one decision put them back a lot, and unfortunately, Derek Carr paid for it. You know, I, I think this next season will be really telling. Like, uh, I keep painting it negatively, but like, let's just assume it's another bad season, right? Just just for sake of this argument. You never. It's always negative with you, man. All, well, it just feels that way, man. Looking at this roster and our last season. But as far as Mark Davis is concerned, mm-hmm. if this season is bad and Mark Davis sticks with McDaniel's and Ziegler, then that means he's a changed man. Because we've seen, as soon as a coach is bad, he's off. He's done. Like unless it's Gruden, his buddy, mm-hmm. he's ready to move on from a coach real fast. He doesn't give coaches benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. If he does that with McDaniel's, then we know that Mark Davis is a changed man because that hasn't been his mo as as owner if it's another bad season and we're three quarters of the way in and we both kind of agree like yeah we're not moving well team's not playing well not being competitive losing record and mark davis moves on then it's the same mark davis it's like only john gruden gets the benefit of the doubt everyone else what's the next sparkly shiny thing that i can grab and and hire it's a very telling year. It's a very yeah. telling year for as long as Mark Davis remains owner of the of the Raiders. And he's a pretty healthy dude for his age. He has, he's not selling. I mean, this next season will be very telling on how Mark Davis will handle this team for the next I'll, couple of decades. I'll tell you something right now. Him winning with the Aces may have changed his mind a little bit. Mm-hmm. This is what winning feels like. Okay, yeah. great. How do I do it? What and you know, Mark. Mark Davis can, could have talked to because him and, and 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 Jerry Jones talk a lot. Mm-hmm. And if he talked to Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones is like, look, man, you need to find a guy that you trust, stick with them, and build that roster. Your roster's dog shit. Could have been, you know, uh, if we're gonna throw you know wild speculations out there about oh JMD tanked and all this other shit, right? He didn't tank. No, he didn't tank. He didn't tank. Yeah, but he everyone wants to say that shit. Yeah. Connecticut, yeah, you don't tank and you get Chandler Jones and you don't Devontae Adams. Tank when you're you, you're you're a second time head coach and your first tenure landed so poorly, and you don't go and just try to lose your first season. You just you're coming off a ten win team, like come on, you just don't do that, man. You Connecticut Raider Ryan, this is when we were talking about um, the uh, the Hooers Chicken Ranch at the Chicken Ranch that want to give Jimmy G sex like free for life. Gratis. So what does the backup quarterback get? Sloppy seconds? Third string gets reach around handies? I think we have to settle this. You got 53 men on that roster. We know what the head coach, we know what the uh, the quarterback gets. Just chase Garbers, get like... Everyone has to get a release. Okay. Okay. So Jimmy G gets to smash. The backup gets dome. And the third stringer gets a handy. And the long snapper has to film it. The long snapper gets uh, the uh, prostate massage. Josh McDaniels gets to direct. Imagine Josh McDaniels with like a sleazy, like Hawaiian. I can't picture him with that down. forehead, bro. I can't. Big gold chain sitting on some chest hair. A little casting couch. Not touching the skin, just like yeah, laying just, on the just chest. Just laying hair. on the chest hair because there's so much of it. Medallion right there. Oh, terrible. Wide receivers get, I think, get something flashy. Wide receivers get something fun. They they get the 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 Hura's like over eighteen daughters. Okay, they get the daughters. Defense gets shit, just like the rest of the team. <laughs> right? You're all in one year deals. Offensive line, sorry, we're gonna we're gonna build with from young. You get guys, you okay? get quarters for the Jack Shack down the street. Right. <laughs> Here's a for all the quarters. Go ahead and freaking lay on that bed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's hey, it for hey, us. Wait, wait, have you ever stayed in a hotel that had a, a massage bed? Absolutely. God, they're fucking awful. Absolutely. Well, this is the thing: is it's not. It's not like it's the massage bed that like rolls. No, it's just shakes. a giant piston that just rotates and it like bounces on the like the like the 
the legs frame. bounce up and down off the off the thing. Off the ground, so it's like yeah. loud. And it's not even like a motion where you're like, all right, this is going to help me bang this chick. It's like, no, like no chick wants to be like. It's a fucking earthquake is what it is. Like we're puppy pit bulls. I, I'll admit that I did put a dollar in just to see what it felt like. <laughs> did you grab your piece or what? No, I, I got off. I was just like, not. I got oh, off you got off, bed. huh? I got off the bed. Yeah, not that yeah. way. Sicko. You said it, not me. This podcast never talks that way. Never. All right, that's it for us. Um, start. We'll. Uh, I, I. I'm taking a red eye next Wednesday, so I want to get a guest next week, but they're gonna have to stricter schedules. Figure that out. Um, we'll keep doing lives throughout as well as things keep changing, as news comes in, as this roster continues to grow. But until then, no going whatever you're with me.